you know, helping a team go from 30 to 60 in four months, making sure everybody understands their roles. You've got to create a lot of channels that bring in good people. What is the story that we're telling, right? If you're spending too much time convincing somebody to make the commitment to join you, you got to ask yourself why. Speed is critical. The best companies I've seen do this are making killer hires in five days. I want you to know exactly why you want to be here. In my experience, a, a team of four or five should be capable of getting you from 20 people to 200. Hello, Chris. How's it going? Hello, Chris. How you doing? Kind of starting off, I don't really think there's many people more qualified to advise you know, early stage companies on how to scale and grow teams. You know, you've been at companies like Wellfront and you know, witnessed dramatic scale there. You've exited a company at Fleetsmith, and now you're at Unusual Ventures, assisting portfolio companies on how to you know, build and grow teams. I know your role is pretty unique, so I guess can we start by you going through a bit about what you do in your current role? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Um, well, I, I definitely joke that since I started in tech, I've sort of kind of been downsizing uh, ever since beginning. So I, I kind of wound up at Google early and in my career, and that was really cool to be around sort of the best of technical recruiting structure, but I but I learned in a matter of months that I, I couldn't get excited recruiting for large teams where I couldn't see how the hires were making a direct impact. And so, you know, as you alluded to, I think Google led to a variety of other roles in, in recruiting, go-to-market, technical recruiting, but um, at Unusual, you know, as, as a talent partner and, and we're an early stage VC firm, you know, we primarily invest at the seed stage or, or, or A stage more opportunistically. Um, most talent partners really are tasked with looking after um, the whole portfolio. Um, it's a lot of advice, advisory conversations, um, introductions. It's a really interesting role. Um, but what attracted me to Unusual, and actually I didn't want to work at a VC, what was that we take a very specific approach in working with our founders in a deep kind of narrow way such that we can help them execute in say recruiting and then move on to another team who needs us. So, you know, across the 20 or 25 core investments that we'll make um, in our in our third fund, and that will take us about two and a half years, um, every quarter I work with two founding teams, um, usually the ones who are on the cusp of hyper growth, kind of on the spurt to get to an A or post A, and, you know, I become head of talent. You know, a lot of times it feels more like I'm working, um, you know, at a Contra or a Lucky and not at Unusual Ventures. And the idea is if I can be focused for four months and, and help bring on head of sales or some founding engineers, that's an up-leveling that will accelerate their timeline to the, the next funding round. And, and my peers at Unusual Ventures are all operators, so... You know, there are go-to-market partners who do what I do on the sales side. There are marketing partners. Our whole mission is to actually like put the muscle into helping our founders build. That must be incredibly you know, interesting because you get to experience all those different companies and challenges and the intricacies of Joe. What's happening in each of them? Yeah, I guess it's. Do you ever get kind of super 
attached to one of them and you're like oh no i have to i have to go there's that, that like emotional element totally i i hope there i hope there are, are some that are watching this and thinking ah how we, i do wish we hadn't lost chris i think like that yeah. that was maybe one of the more jarring elements where you know in some ways it does feel sort of consultancy in, in that way when you invest so heavily in you know helping a team go from 30 to 60 in four months those are real deep connections um but it's not like goodbye forever right like i'll i'll come on and support um maybe an executive search and work with their search firm in ways you know we are a very focused investment firm and so we're not trying to keep track of hundreds of investments um we're, yeah. we're really in touch with with our core investments that are that are making their way um but it is hard it is, it is a challenging part of the role yeah i could imagine i know that you're a huge advocate of holistic hiring and many people might be like well, what's what's holistic hiring what is that um, so in your own words could you maybe explain how that how you use that when you're advising Joe these businesses sure yeah well i think caveat this by saying that you know my expertise is in early stage startup hiring and so you know i think that there really are fundamental difference differences between big tech and early stage. And so if you're if you're listening to this and you're you know running at roles for a big tech company, I guess stick a stick a pin in this. Um and, and hopefully the learnings will still be there. I think that I think that what happens for a lot of teams that are growing is that quite honestly, recruiting is a function that is sort of um put to the side and 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 not, you know, there is not a thoughtful approach around how to hire early enough in a company's life cycle. You know, a company might be 50 or 60 or 70 people, and they've found a way to call, cobble together good hires. But by that point, you know, they still haven't created a recruiting engine where, where you like you understand the inputs required to get to a certain output. And so, you know, I would say that for me, holistic hiring is at the highest level. It's the act of making sure your whole team, like founder, hiring manager, interviewers, are fully on board for the really hard task of hiring people at a company that doesn't have a big brand yet, right? And that is still still growing. So holistic hiring is not making one-off hires, right? Oh, we got to find this engineer. Let's create a process from scratch and spin it up and, and close it down. Or, oh, you know, it's our, it's our, it's an executive hire we have to make. Let's go single out take all this time to find an executive search firm. It's really early on making sure everybody understands their roles such that hiring can kind of be ongoing and you can start and stop quickly um, because time to hire is the most critical thing for a growing company and not encounter a lot of thrash as you're sort of getting going. So that's how I would encapsulate the holistic. As you mentioned, a lot of founders and people who are growing businesses they start by maybe using their own networks, friends or friends, and it seems relatively like, straightforward in the beginning, but then it hits a point where it becomes a lot more difficult. And yeah. when when would you advise yeah. like a founder to start or found or founders to start thinking about holistic hiring? Like when do you start thinking, okay, now is the time that we set these responsibilities sure. where we have frameworks? Yeah. You know? Look, I mean, I think it's it's hard to say a, a specific number, but I think when you're you know, let's say you're, you're post seed round, you know, you're hitting 10 or 12 people, you're making your way to an A round. That's a really good time where, 
the team is yet to balloon to put in place some really core practices that I think everybody can can sort of internalize. I think one of the really big challenges that happens for early stage teams is kind of like you've referenced, they will over-index on one recruiting channel, right? They might overly index on everybody who's here, bring us your people, right? Or maybe they're tapped into a couple of agencies, which can be a big help, but that's incredibly expensive. Or maybe they are kind of hacking their way through outbound. I think one of the realizations that early stage founders need to understand is that recruiting is not early stage hiring is not about like selling and selling and convincing somebody to join your team. Like if you're if you're spending too much time convincing somebody to make the commitment to join you, you got to ask yourself why, right? There's probably a blocker and it's a big risk that they will then go on to the next opportunity, right? Whether it's for more cash or something like that. Early stage hiring is about always looking for those candidates who aren't only technically adept, but are running at your company because they believe in the mission, maybe they're, they admire the team, or there's a technical challenge that is core to what they want to do. Um, and then you spot them and you get them through the process. It doesn't matter if they were referral, if they were inbound, you know, if you source them, you create all of these channels and then you are hyper in tune with where are the good people. And when you see them, you use momentum to your advantage and you get them through. And I think if you create a practice of opening up your audience, um, not only is it most inclusive, I mean, if you're, if you're reflying, if you're relying on referrals, right? Like you're referring to people who look like you, right? And, and I think, you know, great companies that scale, it's fine for in the early days, 25 or 30% of the company to be referrals, but you got to create a lot of channels that bring in good people. And it, it's never too, you know, it's never too soon to, to, to start doing that. Absolutely. And so let's imagine, you know, a company in the kind of golden zone of running up to this C, C, uh, series yeah. A point, um, they're starting to think about holistic hiring. You know, maybe they've done hiring through their networks before and they're looking to open up their channels. Sure. Like you said before, a lot of these companies just don't have a brand. No one knows who they are. They're in a massive competitive you know, sector where everyone's vying for attention and eyeballs. Sure. Um, what can a company do, like they're starting on this journey to you know, look at that brand sure. piece and that storytelling piece? What are some things they can do? Yeah, well, I think it, it's a, that's a great question. I think the reason I like early stage hiring isn't because I'm obsessed with technical hiring or go-to-market hiring. I'm, you know, I'm not your best recruiter in any of those functions. I'm a generalist and I get excited by understanding the value proposition of exceptional companies and then making sense of that story to candidates. And so, you know, it's as simple as when you're starting to hire at more volume, you know, you should be having kickoff meetings for every search that not only touch on like what we're looking for in the search and what your role is as an interview, but also crystallizing what is the story that we're telling, right? You know, how do we speak about funding? What is our mission statement? Um, that needs to be the same story from everybody or it starts to fall flat. So it starts internal. Um, you know, again, it's not about necessarily pushing your story out as far as you can, right? Early tech companies don't 
don't um don't lean into marketing spend without product market fit they they, they become evangelists internally and then in the channels where they live they begin to create excitement by telling that story so i think that's one right like why is this a special place to work um i think you know i would say kind of beyond that it's really important to think about how you like the, the tactical steps you make to start building every channel um my opinion on posting your jobs as a startup has changed dramatically in the last few months you know i used to think that if you were a startup at the seed stage with a brand that wasn't developed yet it was sort of worthless to post a role online where it's a candidate's market and where people are flocking to big brand names not the case at all i mean i'll post a role at stealth posting that speaks to the quality of the founders and the momentum and you're getting really interesting inbound activity and so especially in this market which is an employer's market um, and, and folks should be leaning back into hiring when they're ready you should begin to nurture an inbound an inbound pipeline i also would always encourage teams to build relationships with one or two strong external recruiting partners talentful right is a perfect example the mistake that founders make is um having relationships but very very weak ones with eight different talent agencies or firms and you know they're not going to lean into helping you hire if you're not leaning into the relationship and so these folks you're working with they want to see three or four or five roles to run at, not a one-off posting that you might sort of look at resumes that come in. So pick your partners, you know, they'll get to know how you work and you'll start to find success there as well. And I think third, you, you do need to start establish a rhythm of going outbound and getting your company in front of, in many cases, you know, a lot of the best candidates are employed, right? And so you need to start the process of getting your name out there. Um, you know, the amount of hires I get to make where I'll reach out to somebody great who's not looking, but has a best friend who is, you know, it's kind of that early generation of excitement. Uh, and I think if you tap into those three pieces, independent of your, if it's an eng need or a design need or a sales need, um, you're going to start to see some success with getting a good pipeline going. Awesome. It's so interesting because, you know, we're on kind of the first stage of what a company might think about, but, and to some people, maybe it seems obvious, but there are so many companies that just don't even have these things in sure. place, even many more established businesses. And I, and I think that if people knew how much of an advantage it gives yes. you having these things, you know, and, and you could somehow relate that back to performance over time or revenue sure. or, um, because they're all very related. Yeah. I think you'd see a lot more companies you know, get these things sorted immediately. Yes. Let's get more data on that. Like I, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it takes me to right. Like if you're thinking about just the extension of hiring, right. It's never too early to understand what is your philosophy on compensation as a company, right? You know, are you aiming to pay? And this goes right in hand with what are the channels you've created? What, you know, how are you bringing people in? Are you aiming to pay top of market on equity or middle market on cash? If you don't address this early and don't treat everybody the same within their various benchmarks, which of course are different depending on role, 
even if you're 20 people, you're going to wake up to a day where everybody is making, you know, completely different amounts. You know, some have strong ownership, others don't, and you're spinning your wheels, kind of like reversing um, a, a lot of the inequity you put in place unintentionally. And so it's just, and that's part of the hiring. You want to think thoughtfully about how you're bringing people in, and that of course extends, you know, to, to things like compensation. We could spend an hour on comp. Absolutely, yeah, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think um, companies typically get quite a bad reputation for is the experience once they've attracted the talent. You know, when they're bringing them in, they're assessing them. Um, you know, these are incredibly, I guess, stressful times for people. Generally, they get really excited about roles. Maybe they're unemployed. Um, they maybe they spend a lot of time. Um, going through assessments and different tasks. Um, what are some of the key things, in your opinion, that can make a company stand out in terms of the actual you know, execution of bringing people in, like you said, convincing them this is an incredible team, incredible proposition, and and putting pen to paper uh, and you know, signing the offer? Sure. Well, I think this is perhaps the topic within the Oliver Green that I'm most passionate about because I think there's a massive opportunity for startups who are smaller and scrappier and just more personal in their nature to, to execute on a, a ridiculously cool and fast interviewing process. Um, big companies try to do this, but it is impossible. It, it, is, it is impossible for large companies to run as fast as startups at getting somebody through the process. And so... Um, part of getting everybody on board for the task of early stage hiring is making sure folks understand that speed is critical, right? Uh, you know, if you have a great interview on Monday and the person is a strong, we love this person, the next conversation should be on a Tuesday and the one after that on a Wednesday. Um, you know, the best companies I've seen do this are making killer hires in five days you have to realize that if you're showing the candidate how well run and how how much of a priority hiring is for you, that indicates to them that you've got your your blank together, right? Like you know what you're doing internally. Um, furthermore, you know you're always looking for candidates who I like to say the ones that should come on board and the ones you ultimately want to hire, they are becoming more excited with every step of the process. Right, it's your job to always be educating, informing. They sell themselves, right? If it's not the fit, fine, you realize that. But if it is, and you're and you're kind of bringing them along, they will sell themselves, and it's a good test. You know, if you're moving somebody through in a week and they start to pull away uh, or not get back to you to schedule interviews, stop and sort of assess why. Like, what are the blockers there that aren't uncovered? that will you know ultimately lead to us making an offer and it not being accepted yes. time is at a premium for startups and so pipeline doesn't really matter what matters is are you spending time with the candidates who will ultimately convert which means they're a technical fit and you're always assessing you know assuming we make you a good offer are you ready to do this like do you want to be here um and so you know I think for recruiters who are, are listening, it's so important also to just be that 
check-in perspective, right? Be that person who's hopping on a call before a final round. Um, I love to kind of create, you know, I'm the friend, I'm kind of the guide, bounce anything off me, hiring manager's job to talk about career leveling and the technical fit. Um, but you, you know, you gotta be attentive because that's something that's really hard for big companies to do. So there's a lot of ways you can differentiate, I think, at, at the early stage. Um, but I think those are a couple and, and speed, speed is just so important. Um, anytime. I know this is slightly off topic, yeah. but relevant is what do you think of this concept of like the anti-sales pitch in an interview process? Oh, sure. I know there's a few, there's a few founders that I know that have, you know, if there's a senior hire coming in, they'll have a, a meeting where sure. they try and convince the person basically not to join, not to join. Yeah. 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 What do you think of that concept just generally? Yeah. I mean, I think it's. I think it's a really interesting concept. I think it's certainly one that I've used or have seen others really love to use. I think it's less about, I don't see it as so much anti-selling, but rather, you know, throughout the interviewing process, just consistently setting expectations and not kind of over glamorizing what a startup will be. I think a lot of people Startups are glamorous, and if you hear, the stories you hear are the glamorous stories. And so I think, look, it, it's not for people who've been in startups for a long time. They've got a sense, of course, but there are many who who really want to be at a startup but haven't quite internalized that this will mean taking on whatever task needs to be done, whether it's so beneath you you can't you can't believe it. And so it's for me, it's more about just making sure somebody is really ready you know, for, for the grind um, and, and ready to commit to that because you, you don't want surprises when somebody joins in what they're expected expected to to accomplish, right? Absolutely. And I'm sure you've seen this a lot and there's been quite a lot of, I've seen quite a lot of posts on this recently, but the concept of, you know, I certainly have worked with founders and even investors to some degree that um, really uh, glamorize big name logos for incoming candidates, right? They must have worked at Google. They must have worked at X or Y. And a lot of the time, those people might not, and actually probably a higher probability aren't right for your small startup. So how how should you know, founders maybe think about the type of talent? Should they care about you know the logos? And how do you avoid you know, getting caught up in that, that game? Um, it, is it about setting that process and making sure you've got that nailed? Well, I think I think that great startup candidates can come from Google and they can also come straight out of undergrad and become, you know, a principal engineer who is a 10x multiplier for you in, in three years. What I am looking for when I'm meeting candidates, and this is a bit of a lens, I guess, into my just initial conversations, wherever you're coming from, like, are you somebody who, when you look back on your career trajectory, to date, are you able to make sense of the career transitions you've made and why you made them? Um, I want startup candidates to join who totally know why this is the place for them. Um, you know, it's such a common pitfall for really bright candidates to kind of give the, well, I, I love to do anything, you know, I'll take on anything. I, I want to learn. And, and that's great. But I want you to know exactly why you want to be here, because that gives me faith that when things are hard and they will get hard, 
like you are in this for the right reasons. So look, I mean, it's definitely not true that you need to have worked at startups to be at a startup. And it's certainly not true that the best art candidates, you know, are steeped in the startup world. Um, I just think you should be paying attention to the motivations of a candidate. Um, you know, what's, what are the factors that matter to you in your job search? Um, questions like that. Yeah. And I guess it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning. If you have a real clear understanding of what you, who you are as a company, you know, your values, sure. you know, the actions you want in candidates right. and, you know, have a clear view of the roles that you're hiring, have those intake meetings, those kickoff meetings, yep. you know, that allows you to filter out who is right and who is wrong. And I think that a lot of companies miss that step out. And so they're, they're kind of finding out as they go sure. rather than, sure. you know, really setting the tone from the start. That makes total sense. Yeah. Ha have questions that test for resilience, right. Or grit. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can't, you can't, see those things on a resume necessarily right so you you need to dig into it yeah totally agree one of the things that's you know i think companies especially early stage have started doing a lot more is bringing in you know a talent specialism into their business um obviously you're doing it two companies at a quarter a, a quarter of yeah. time um but um when should a company start thinking about that in your opinion you know what should they think about when they're bringing you on a talent building a talent function how should they be thinking out from a strategy point of view? Yeah, well, it's it's a really critical hire. And I think, you know, I'm not going to say that it's something you should do too early in your life cycle as a company. But I think one way to look, look at it is if you're finding that you as founders or you as hiring managers are just spending too much time kind of keeping things moving, um, it's, it's definitely time to bring somebody in who can be, whose main goal is to be attentive to the channels, attentive to the pipeline and make sure that everybody else on the team is only spending time with the people they should be spending time with. So part of this is just, it's a, it, it is a support function. And I think the best recruiters, um, build an, a, a, a fast, a, a good top of funnel, but then really only bring the best people through. And you will hit a point where you need somebody to to organize that. Um, I mean, look, I think it's, I think just to put some numbers around it, I mean, I think regardless of stage of funding, I think as you're, if you're about to hire in a higher volume cadence and one that you expect to maintain in the future, I think when you're 25, 30 people, that's a really good time to solidify an excellent head of talent. If you go too early, um, I think there is a risk that you might not be able to attract the experience you're looking for because great lead recruiters or heads of talent are excited by scale, right? And they're going to be excited to look at the foundation and the story that exists and then build a recruiting program uh, around that. So I think that's a good starting point for that first hire. And I, I'm a big advocate for quite early building out, you know, your initial recruiting team. And it's actually one that can be quite small, that, that can take you a long ways. But, but I think if you have a team of three or four head of talent, maybe a recruiter who's very technically focused, um, maybe somebody earlier career who does half sourcing, you know, some go to market recruiting and a coordinator, then, you know, 
when when it's most important to learn, right, in this run up to scale, that team of four is learning their roles, right? They're meeting the hiring managers, like they're building the relationships that will help recruiting work. And, you know, maybe add in another recruiter, but in my experience, a, a team of four or five should be capable of getting you from 20 people to 200, right? Or, or beyond, as long as everybody understands their role and you're building, like I've mentioned, all the different pieces required to build an engine, right? And not just say, oh my God, there's a role I have to run after. So that's how I think about kind of early internal recruiting. And you start the process then of, you know, maybe not entirely, right? I think you should always have a couple of strong external partners, but you can bring more things in-house, right? And you're starting to tell a very authentic story. That first, you know, recruiting hire that you made, sure. would, would you, would that be someone who's kind of execution focused? I know that a lot of mistakes that people make is you know, going for this big head of talent necessarily, sure. first of all, who hasn't been hands-on for a decade. Sure. And, um, sure. I definitely in those early stages, you have to be, you know, in the, in the mix and hands on. Sure. Would you, would you get someone that's, that, that's like a really competent kind of lead recruiter can take that step up and wants to take a step up? Would you start with just, you know, mid-level recruiter to do some hiring and then bring in ahead of time? Like how should people think about yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, I've seen those, both scenarios be really effective. I think, um, I'm always somebody who for any role prioritizes aptitude and slope and ambition, right? I'm well, no matter the role, I am looking to hire somebody who will be a VP one day if that's what they want. That they're always looking for something new. And so, you know, I think the 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 challenge with bringing in somebody very experienced too early is that they might have carved out probably because they're really great at it, a specific niche in design hiring, right? Or technical hiring. And in the early going, I mean, you are hiring for anything and everything, and you need to be somebody who is okay with that. Like this reminds me of a head of sales search that I just, just helped one of our teams with where, you know, we started thinking, God, like we would love somebody who's done this before, right? Has done this a few times. We ended up bringing in somebody exceptional, but this is a leap. And I think because of that, there's a chip on the shoulder and, and you really want to prove. And so, look, there can be great motivations for somebody to get back into that after having a longer career or different experience. But um, I think somebody who isn't yet ready to lead a team of, you know, lead recruiting for a company of 200, but can grow into that if they're a top performer, I think is, is perfect. Yeah, unfortunately, not everyone has a, a Chris off their hand. Oh, so. oh my gosh. <laughs> if I, well, um, the, the, the amount of talent talent on the market right now is exceptional. So it is, it is an amazing time, I think, to, if you are in this stage, go out and lock in that, that hire um, because it's, uh, there's a lot of good folks. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I think that this is incredibly valuable content for anyone that's listening, and uh, I'm sure people will just execute on, on this stuff. They'll save themselves a ton of time in the future. So I really appreciate your time. Um, take care. Awesome. My pleasure. Good to see you.